Hello there, friend. I'm sending this video out to our beloved premier, Jason Kenney, who I love, who I voted for, and I still believe in. All right, I still believe in him. And I'm sending this out to every praying Christian I know and can find to ask you to pray with me for Premier Kenny. I woke up a few days ago with this strong urgency that we have we need to pray for Premier Kenny. And then I had intercessors writing to me saying, I feel like we need to pray for Jason Kenny. And uh, and I know many of you maybe right now you're going, I don't want to pray for that guy. Listen to me. I get that. You're listening to The Progress Report on the Harbinger Media Network. We're one of just many excellent left-wing podcasts on Harbinger, and a new episode on the network that I want to recommend is the latest from Off Court Pod. Abdul Malik and Eitan Tobin dismantle preconceptions about the world's most boring sport as they explore cricket as decolonial praxis with special guest Nashwalina of another Harbinger pod, Habib T. Please. And that's just one of the many shows you can get at Harbinger where we are challenging right-wing corporate media dominance from coast to coast. Get access to exclusive shows and other supporter-only content at harbingermedianetwork.com. Now, on to the show. Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney. We're recording today here in Amiskwichi, Wisconsin, otherwise known as Edmonton, Alberta, here in Treaty 6 territory. And today, we're very pleased to have uh, Sean Willett and Tyler Ogilvie of the Alberta Advantage join us on the pod. Welcome, Sean and Tyler. Hello. Hello. And, um, you know, we have these two members of Alberta's most august left-wing political podcast on the pod to talk about a project that they've been working on, a project that has unfortunately been kind of cut short by uh, the <laughs> pandemic, which makes it really hard to talk to people. And that idea is called Normal Quest. And it's a, it's a really simple idea. It's one that is, uh, I would argue, incredibly powerful and one that leftists, especially leftists that are too online, uh, really need to take heart, take to heart. But before we get to this idea that might save the world, um, we have a bit of riffing to do, gentlemen, and I know that y'all love a good riff. Oh, oh, do yeah, we? Massaging my riff muscles now. Yeah. <laughs> and it is actually a good segue into Normal Quest, but I, this video came across my uh, consciousness yesterday. And it's, it's a good segue because it's extremely normal what we're about to watch. <laughs> I really like it. This is what Normal Quest is, just recording YouTube videos uh, from your truck. I can think of nothing more normal in a normal province with normal politics than the, the video that I'm about to play for everyone. It's from uh, a, a, an online account, YouTube account, social media account called Oil Patch Pulpit. Uh, this is a dude named Steve Holstrom. He is Oil Patch Pulpit. He runs an oil field rental company out of Drayton Valley called Zinger Oil Field Supplies, but he's also an evangelical preacher who sells books, creates a ton of content. This guy has like YouTube videos, Facebook videos, like the guy is everywhere. He makes appearances at churches, religious events and gatherings all throughout Western Canada. And the reason why this video caught uh, my eye is because the video is titled in all caps, it's time to pray for Kenny. It's time. That sounds like a threat. Is that a credible <laughs> threat? <laughs> yeah. In Minecraft, it's time to pray for Kenny in Minecraft. <laughs> um, 
so I asked Tyler and Sean to not watch this. I mean, it is 17 video, 17 minutes long. You probably don't want to watch the whole thing just for your brain's sake. But mm-hmm. I asked uh, the two gentlemen to not only watch a few seconds of the video, just to familiarize themselves with the aesthetic. And just to set the scene, it is that classic YouTube bit. It is a guy alone in his vehicle speaking directly to the camera. And here, here is how it starts. Hello there, friend. I'm sending this video out to our beloved premier, Jason Kenney, who I love, who I voted for, and I still believe in. All right, I still believe in him. And I'm sending this out to every praying Christian I know and can find to ask you to pray with me for Premier Kenny. I woke up a few days ago with this strong urgency that we have, we need to pray for Premier Kenny. And Just then I had out of bed. writing to me saying, <laughs> I feel like we need to pray for Jason Kenny. And, uh, and I know many of you maybe right now you're going, I don't want to pray for that guy. Listen to me. I get that. I know he's been kind of off his game lately. And <laughs> uh, I know that probably 80% of the people who voted for him right now are, uh, wanting to throw a tomato at him. And I'll confess that I've had my moments too. However. Is he from Tennessee? However, that's how I ended. I ended on the however. <laughs> uh, he is from Drayton Valley. I don't know. I don't oh my know where God. He's from, that's but... such a fake ass accent. Yeah. The, the inflection is very uh, put on like the very evangelical. Yeah, line. exactly. Uh, I woke up today <laughs> and fell like I just needed to pray. <laughs> It's like a Valley Girl accent, but for for guys. Uh, <laughs> Valley Girls for dudes now. About, yeah. I mean, I grew up going to evangelical churches. This is a, a tone and a and a kind of approach to speaking that is very familiar to me. I don't know what y'all religious background is, but I mean, uh, it's definitely getting flashbacks. Much more dour. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, when we're chanting. <laughs> and, I grew and, up in the uh, Church of the Emperor. Um, of, Warhammer 40k. War. Yes, that's right. Uh, I Which is I've... pretty similar to Ukrainian Catholicism, yeah. actually. <laughs> Their sister religion. But the, I mean, the funniest part of this intro is the fact that even Oil Patch Pulpit, even a guy who is like, I voted for him, I love the guy, we need to pray for him, is like, hey, things aren't great right now. <laughs> yeah. Saying he's, uh, I've never heard a, a, he's off his game before being used to describe <laughs> a politician, which is pretty funny. I love that. All right, all right. So here's here's the second clip. Premier Kenny is a good man. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of character. Look at his track record. He is a fighter. He fights for Alberta. I remember, do you remember just a few months ago? I don't know if you ever watched this video, but somebody was asking him about the Great Reset. And uh, he, man, he went off. I got I actually wrote it out because I want, I want to read this to you. This is Premier Kenny. Off. I just feel like I need to remind some of you what a fighter he is. So fighter, was someone folks. actually asking him about the Great Reset? There like, was a Facebook Live question where the Great Reset come up, came oh up and he, oh, no. he spent a good five minutes talking about it. And they clipped the video and like sent it out on, on the Premier Kenny's and the UCP social media feeds. Oh, yeah. no. That's oh, no. Uh, the Great Reset. Uh, did you try um, turning your society <laughs> off and then on again? Ooh, dope. Dope. Good one. I've not, I've not <laughs> yeah. heard that one before, but I like it. Yeah, good, dad, good. good dad joke. You're a dad, yeah. right, Tyler? I am a dad. There you go. Fantastic dad joke. Um, yeah, so we get into the, the Great Reset as well as a couple of other uh, fantastic kind of conspiracy theories in the, in the next clip. But but it is, um, I mean, the, the Great Reset has become this kind of like 
talking point for the right now, right? And especially the conspiracy right and the evangelical right. And this isn't going to be a podcast about the Great Reset, but it, like, there, there are. I have all these notes, though. <laughs> like, it's true that there are like bad, evil people who have a lot of money, like Klaus Schwab and and you know his various confederates at Davos, who have a thing, have like a book called the Great Reset that exists. But it's like then they frame it as this like you know liberal socialist conspiracy, and it's like mm. yo man, like Klaus Schwab is not a socialist. We haven't been invited to join the Great Reset, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, here's a third clip. And we have never seen such wicked, heavy-handed government control in the province of Alberta in the history of this nation. It has never happened, and for whatever reason. Kenny has just let it happen, and uh, and uh, I don't uh, why uh, I don't know. He's a premier. He's not letting Somehow it happen. They got to, he went from being this. They, they man, I'm not going to shut Alberta down, you know. And he was so common sense, you know. It's not like, you know, we got to take COVID seriously. I mean, we don't want people getting sick. But Kenny was so. It sounds like you do so kind of want. You know, it was like he he was the one who was basically saying, you know, we can protect the vulnerable without destroying the economy no we're not shutting alberta down and then all of a sudden one day just a few months ago it's like he did this full 180 and he's been a liberal ever since what happened i don't know they got to him what did they say what got to him the heart attack if you don't do this we're gonna do that the liberal brain gun claw swab and his ilk that put a gun to his head oh god who knows but we know this he's not where he was and uh we can either hate on him and rage and spew about him on social media or we can pray for the man conservatives rise up i like i like how he um he's he says like uh you know like we we jason kenny's like look we can protect the economy or we can protect vulnerable people without destroying the economy and then we just went ahead and did not do that uh (laughs) like we could do that we could protect vulnerable people without destroying the economy by you know like locking things down and paying people and you know shutting down uh rent and everything rent freeze uh, but we just didn't do those things, and so vulnerable people uh, got hurt, and the economy got destroyed. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's cool. the thing that I always love when um, someone like this is trying to toe the line, where clearly they're not—they're either like uh, COVID denialists or um, they're taking the stance, which is impossible. Which is like, if we just kind of kept everything open, we would just a little bit of COVID. Still, yeah, we'd still yeah. somehow be able to like not have people die. And it's like, look, the binary is. You either shut things down and do like a full full lockdown or not. And depending on what you choose, your outcomes are kind of predetermined. And the great thing is, if you do the full lockdown, there are actually mechanisms economically you can use to kind of keep people um, solvent and keep people economically viable. Um, now, we've kind of chosen to hit the middle road on all of those things to make sure that none of them kind of work properly. But like y- you can actually deal with the economic side of things that's something that humans have control over but if you don't do the lockdown then you know there's nothing we can do um but but these guys never they never want to you know break things down that clearly and there's a big chunk of this video he, he dedicates like a good like eight minutes of this like 17 minutes video to talking about this um this incident that happened where some religious acquaintance of his was detained at an airport and put in a quarantine hotel 
uh, or something because because they tested positive for COVID or they didn't test positive. The details are a little foggy on his retelling. And I think I even saw Jason Kenney address this in the media. But but like when he starts talking about like government tyranny and stuff like that is what he is referencing. He is yeah. referencing, you know, people who travel abroad. In this case, this woman traveled to the United States to like record a gospel album or something. Oh, okay. then, oh my God. And then, and then <laughs> came back and had a positive test. Or, I don't again, the details are foggy and was, was put in one of these quarantine things, apparently against her will. And like he gets into it, he's like, "Oh, people were emailing me, like, how many guns do we need and stuff?" And I was like, "Whoa, calm down!" Like, this is what the guy is saying. The guy is saying no violent insurrections, but apparently he has people on his list who are like, "How many guns do we need to rescue our?" Okay, I bet that was one. I bet that was one guy, and he emails him that every time. (laughs) Any news? Still waiting for answer. Uh, Please circle back. How many guns do we need? Yeah. Yeah. There's something very spiritually sad to me about. old old men of this age that are like rural uh you know live in a rural town or city that use like affected youtube things where he's like you can't let the haters win and all these things that just it makes me so sad like this is the reason why my biggest uh my biggest you know uh social media take is it just all social media must be destroyed in order for us to have some sort of functioning uh, never society. post and dest- destroy it all yeah, yeah just destroy it forms. all because like look what it's done to the brains of uh old people they're all talking like they're a zoomer uh tiktok people now yeah and so this final bit this is the finale this is the like the, the lead up to the prayer and the actual prayer for kenny of the titular praying for kenny part so i i, I just want to be clear we're not making fun of this guy for his faith or his religious belief but but i mean there, he is legitimately like saying wackadoo things so yeah. here here's the here's the finale of uh, it's time to pray for kenny but the pressure that he's under what they whatever buttons they're pushing has caused benny uh, sorry it's caused premier kenny benny to <laughs> bow and to just let them do whatever they want and if they want to snatch our wives, they snatch our wives. we got my boy benny kids, his mom went crazy they snatched him too took him away other people are coming out they took me too snatched wives what are they what, what is he talking yeah, about i don't know and he promised it wouldn't happen he also promised there'll be no mandatory curse administration of the COVID vaccine and is he going to keep that promise or when they start uh, putting more pressure on, is he gonna bow again? I don't know. All I know is this. We need the old Kenny back. And uh, we're not going to get the old Kenny back unless this pressure gets off him. We've got to relieve the pressure. And Christians who pray, you know, it works. Prayer (laughs) works. And so I'm asking you, will you join me? Okay, I'm hoping that you'll catch this. Pray today. for Benny. Part of the whole Praise up for Will Benny. Will you join me? And for 18 days, or right till the end of February, would you set an alarm on your clock? I do mine for 121 every day. It reminds me of uh, Deuteronomy 121 that that God is giving us the land. We're taking Canada back. We're taking Alberta oh, back. But set your good. alarm for for 121 every day, or whatever time you choose. And when that alarm goes off, would you? Pray fervently, at least three, four, five minutes. Pray fervently <laughs> for Premier Jason Kenney. Maybe you join me right now and just praying for him. Father, we lift up our Premier, God, who we believe you chose for this time. 
You chose for this time in history. He's a man of strength. He's a man with a backbone. He's a man of courage. He is a man who is created to fight and to bring Alberta into a greater place of prosperity and blessing. God, we lift up our premier to you and we say, God, would you protect him from the forces that want to crush him? Would you protect him and free him from the fears and whatever outside pressures are being pushed on him from the federal government or any other outside forces that we don't know about. Father, in the name of Jesus, guard him, protect him. Fill his heart with strength. Fill his heart with fire again. Give him the courage and the strength to be the leader that you created him to be. Filling his heart with fire is called to have a heart attack. Don't do that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Amen. So prayers up for Kenny. So, so, uh, yeah, Ben, Benny. So, so Duncan, I'm unfamiliar with the sort of uh, uh, evangelical theology. Do do evangelicals believe that if you like enough people pray at one time, it's like a Dragon Ball spirit bomb, and that like does something? Like, does like the does mass prayer have like a like a like an effect on reality? Is that like is I, I that mean, like I have to thought? I left the church when I was 16 years old and I, I, I don't, I didn't get deep into enough. I didn't, I didn't level up enough to really mm. uh, figure out if this is what people really believed or not. I definitely think like my particular sect definitely did like a lot of prayer and believed in the power of prayer. I, I'm never, I was never sure whether this was, it was a, it was like, we thought it was real, like angels are real or whether it was like a metaphor or not. Um, but I, I, I think there is that power of positive thinking stuff, certainly in, affects a lot of the kind of like evangelical Christian right in this on this that's called the secret if I'm not mistaken <laughs> yeah well, yeah it's it's I mean it's it's just like a yeah the, the Catholic tradition would would see you turn inwards and ask what is wrong with me uh, how can I feel bad about myself how can I use this as a lens for guilt um, and so it's uh, interesting to see yeah, the more positive thinking uh, approach to problems but uh, the other thing I noticed there was uh uh, his sort of framing of the world is that like Jason Kenny would, if he could, mm. uh, do an even worse job with coronavirus. <laughs> but there's like there's like uh, some sort of like shadowy unknown force that is stopping him from achieving that potential. That, well, this, what's, this... what's happening is actually Justin Trudeau is basically like Jason Bourne, and he has a sniper rifle trained on him, and he's on the phone to Kenny, and he'll be like, "You've got a great blue suit today." And Jason Kenny looks out the window like, "What?" And Justin Trudeau's just there looking through his so that's why he actually has to do liberalism that's pretty cool actually yeah yeah that's giving justin trudeau a lot of credit yeah i wish justin trudeau was that cool i mean uh there's a there's another point that i think is worth raising up one is is the like take back alberta take back canada part like take yeah, it back that, from who. that made me wince uh, yeah. Take it back from who, and then the other part is the like prosperity. Like he actually mentioned, like Jason Kenny was was chosen by God to bring prosperity to Alberta, and like I don't see how what that has to do with Christianity, Christianity or the Bible. You know what I mean? Like no. I'm aware that there is this strain of evangelical Christianity, like prosperity gospel that exists. Yeah, even in even in the shitty 
sect of Christianity that I was raised in, the Christian Missionary Alliance. I don't remember any prosperity gospel bullshit. Like I'm sure it exists. And, and my church, my former church, like was the like Harper church. And like my poor former pastor, Brent Trask, like was a like advisor to Stephen Harper and stuff. But I, I just, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I was a fucking depressed teenager. Who knows? <laughs> I think it's like a Tennessee thing. Like, I think it's like a, like a Southern U S thing. Like yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's strange to see it like get imported up here because it certainly feels um like his whole shtick feels very like put on like very imported from like basically just like southern u.s culture yeah and and it's i I think that like ideology or that that type of like prosperity uh gospel inflection i don't even know if he realizes he's doing it i think he might just be copying like other people he's seeing yeah i think that's a big part of it it's almost like a viral like the the especially you know since trump this is you know there's always obviously been evangelical not always but for a long time a strong evangelical wing of like the republican party in the u.s but since kind of the popularization of social media and youtube and things like it's it's definitely changed over in recent uh you know recent 10 years or so to what it has been under trump and and it 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 feels very much that like you know that stuff is just crosses a very porous border um and and kind of the same affects get kind of taken up on both sides of the border but i I think he is an interesting kind of capsule of alberta right he, he clearly you know he feels he has an audience right he's ministering mm-hmm. to like rednecks and like people who work in the oil patch who you know require or want some type of of christian um uh ministry but like he's obviously approaching it from like look i'm a, i wear a hard hat too and i put on coveralls and i go to the oil field i do the same job you do and it's it's a really <laughs> a fascinating little niche he's carved out for himself right. um but but the broader question i think is also worth raising right like like these cultural institutions like the church uh are super important to conservatives mm-hmm. and, and to their mm-hmm. establishment and maintenance of political power and the left i mean there, we just did an episode with Dean Detloff, who's a Christian Catholic. You should go listen to that mm-hmm. episode. Left, the Christian left like does exist. Like there are religious, radical yeah, yeah. Left, there are radical left traditions in, in, in almost every religion. But I would argue that they're probably not as ascended. Not, in, not in an organized way right now. At least exactly. in a powerfully organized way. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I think the left, since the left doesn't have these, uh, you know, cultural institutions that help create and build relationships and build up strong kind of like mutual social relationships between people like in the neighborhood, in the workplace, throughout kind of the community, that is is where something like Normal Quest comes in, right? And uh, Normal Quest is this project that y'all, that you two have been working on that, mm-hmm. you know, seeks to kind of do something similar, not necessarily to church, but to the like to the soft social aspects of church that are like the, the going to a thing every week and like talking to your friends and having a coffee or or having a social or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I think you could you probably make the argument that like the equivalent on the left, at least for some period of history, was like unions broadly based, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the institution of unions has been weakened, you know, a lot over the past, you know, pick whatever amount of decades you want. But the the cultural power of unions. Yeah, uh, big time. And and, uh, I'll maybe touch on this later because this is something that we've been talking about. Um, uh, I know some some union people and uh, I've I've talked about this with them, but like Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the social sort of side of unions has really died away yeah and doesn't really exist anymore the same way it used to and on the on the church side too i think you know there are 
there are certainly churches that are more liberal, at least that's my understanding as, as not really a religious person, um, but they seem to be liberal in, in the capital L liberal sense in terms of, um, you know, ideology being much more about like um, individual freedoms and that type of thing as opposed to kind of um, working as a coordinated um, wing of, you know, politically. Now, I know, you know, there are some you know, some people in the U.S., some some um, churches that seem to be quite active and um, reverends and, and pastors that you see kind of pop up on on talking head shows that, uh, you know, including Cornell West, right? Super, super um, uh, uh, left wing person who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is is still quite religiously active. Yeah, and his dad was a preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but th- but they just don't seem to re- they seem to be um, outliers as opposed to representing like a a mass movement or collection of as opposed to evangelicals which like truly like vote and act as like a block of of people across the country okay so so we've kind of danced around it but i mean i gotta ask the question what is normal quest uh you know how does it work and how will it save the world (laughs) wow (laughs) well um very easily uh, should we should we tell the story of its creation first yeah yeah, okay so so um the uh, 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 so there's this organization that's now called Justice International um, that uh, held this uh, uh, sort of Twitch competitions called the uh, uh, Super Dialectacular Spectacular, uh, and it was uh, super fun. It was it, they invited a, a few different uh, uh, people across the Canadian left to come on and basically give a pitch for a project that. Uh, uh, could be taken up by uh, Justice International and uh, uh, turned into sort of a, a, uh, a focus for organizing or or even just for for uh, uh, rallying people online to do something. So um, we thought long and hard about it, and the the we were sort of the Alberta advantage was asked to do it, and Tyler and I were sort of appointed as the uh, court representatives. Uh, and, uh, we had a hard time thinking of what we wanted to do because every sort of, um, sort of, sort of problem we wanted to try to solve, we ran into the same, uh, issue, which was how are we actually going to affect any serious change? Yeah. Um, like how are we going to actually put any sort of, uh, pressure on any sort of, uh, government or decision-making body to be able to actually enforce any sort of, uh, change because, uh, what we kept finding is that the the sort of core problem that undergirded all of these things, like because we kept on thinking like, oh, we want to do more transit or defund the police or yeah, yeah. A, a whole litany of these like uh, uh, leftist policy goals. But the issue was always there are not enough of us. There are not enough people who care about this. There are not enough people who agree with us. Yeah, uh, we do not have uh, any sort of cultural hegemony. Um, and even for the things that we do, we don't have enough people who are willing to actually get out there and do something about it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these ideas, a lot of things we're talking about are actually like widely supported by the majority of people. They just don't have any way to actually, um, uh, uh, they're not mobilized. They're not organized. They don't have any sort of uh, ability to uh, put their hands on the lever of power, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what we kind of pitched was exactly that, which um, was under the banner of Normal Quest, which uh, is really just a way that we kind of tried to organize it because we wanted to make it something where, um, you know, there would be some accountability, some tracking, 
not gamified in the way that you might um, that is used a lot, but but just kind of have a veneer of something that that gives yeah. it a little bit of um, uh, of personality. So so we kind of imagined it as like a very loosely RPG type concept where you know you would have um, as a person kind of some different goals every month. And, you know, those goals could be something as uh, small as, and this is why it's obviously on hold during COVID, um, something as small as, hey, um, you know, let's say you're in an apartment building or complex or even, you know, you're in a detached house in a neighborhood. You know, this month your goal is to learn the names of like three of your neighbors. You know, it could be on your floor, could be in your complex, whatever. You know, pretty straightforward, simple stuff like that. And, And to kind of connect that to what Sean was saying, I think one of the problems that we we have on the left uh, is that most of the discussion of the left takes place online. And when it doesn't, it's something that is kind of caught in this realm where people are either maybe too scared to talk about it. And there are many reasons that they might be some legitimate, some not. Um, They might feel that um, they they just don't want to interact with people because what if those people aren't leftists and oh, oh, God, heaven forbid you know, someone that we're talking to has a political opinion. We don't like, how will we get past that? Will it be too awkward, uncomfortable, whatever? Um, You know, those are the problems we want to try and bridge with this, which is, I think, very important that number one, that people who are on the left are kind of viewed as members of their community in good standing, that we're not necessarily seen always as people who just kind of come and go, don't interact with our communities, even though that is kind of the core of our belief system, right, is building up a strong community of people who will fight for each other, who will help each other, who will work cooperatively together. Um, We want to, number one, I guess, embody that. And number two, we want to put on a good face. We want to give the left um, a actual rebuttal against the kind of framing that a lot of the right gives, which is like, we're all crazy Marxists, we're all um, you know, nefarious, we're all uh, ne'er-do-wells, none of us are working, we're not essentially quote-unquote normal people. And I think the beautiful idea of socialism is that it's all about normal people acting together and how can we kind of uh, bring the community that does exist um, offline and kind of engage in the community. Yeah, so so Tyler kind of touched upon one of, the, I think, the three um, we'll call it like three like core pillars of this, which is uh, the like social facing aspect, which is like making leftists like actually appear to be normal parts of their community because we are. I mean, we just have to, you know, <laughs> we, we are normal. normal. Trust uh, us, we are very normal. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh. But like you know, actually like uh, uh, you know, p- put some put some uh, 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 walk behind that talk, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the other parts of it are, uh, of course, uh, as we also talked about, um, expanding our base of people we can actually uh, mobilize to do things. Because the more people you can talk to, the more people that uh, you have a relationship with, the more people you can leverage that relationship with yeah. uh, to be able to get them to do something. And then the the third part of that is also, I think, a sort of internal uh, sort of uh, uh, good thing that we wanted to do for people. Yeah. So um, I think it's actually good for people to go out and talk to strangers and mm-hmm. uh, like have that sort of awkwardness because here's the thing. Uh, it's not just us. It's not just leftists that are feeling this. It's not just leftists who are feeling uh, alienated and weirded out. And it's not just us who don't know the names of any of our neighbors and like 
barely talk to anyone outside of our social circles. Yeah. This is everyone. This is the entire planet. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, actually good for us to try to fight back against that actively because it only serves uh, people in power. It only serves the capitalists to uh, feed into that and to buy into that because the more disjointed we are, the more alienated we are, the worse it is. So we have to actually build up the skill of being able to fight against that. Cause it's not, it doesn't feel natural anymore. Yeah. It doesn't feel, it doesn't uh, uh, feel normal to just go up to people and start talking to them. Uh, and it's socially coded as not being normal because other people will not want you to do that. So it's tough, <laughs> it is difficult, but you have to sort of start small uh, with your neighbors, with your coworkers and build up and just start like building more relationships. And it's good for you. It's good personally. Yeah. It's good for the soul to be able to talk to more people and, and interact with them. And it reminds you of the uh, multiplicity of human life and human interactions yeah. and how weird other people are. That's that's certainly <laughs> something that uh, you'll discover. Um, yeah. Like there isn't a straight line between getting a cup of sugar from your neighbor and, you know, a revolution that overthrows no. capitalism. No. But it has to start with getting you know having the ability to go to your neighbor and get a cup of sugar yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah i think there's a you know the the thing that leftists are great at doing is um figuring out how they want society to be and even figuring out you know at a high level what policies we want what we seem to not be as good at um and and i'm not talking you know there are some people who are very good at this and there are a lot of people who um organize for a living or in their spare time that are very proficient but i'm talking about as kind of the mass of people on the left um this is a skill that we all need to work on and um it, you know that's why when we talked about normal quest we didn't talk about any specific goals no policies no like um societal change that we wanted to enact what we want to actually do is have people start building up this skill that I think has gone dormant in society over the last few decades, right? Which is just, hey, you know, and, and, it, and it may even be one generation away. Like my parents, for example, they, they know like half of their neighborhood really well. They see people, they go on walks, they stop, you know, behind people's yards and chat to them. Um, that is a skill that seemingly has completely disappeared. And that is a weakness because if you do, when you do get around to the point where you're either, you know, I want this specific person elected or I want us to push this specific change or organize around this thing, it's infinitely easier not only to ask people, but to get people to actually agree with you and help you when you're making, you know, demands of their time and, and, their, and their effort when you have a relationship with them. So it, it's, I would even argue it's the only thing that will yeah. get them to do something for Right, you. exactly. Because uh, I think, you know, anyone who's done door knocking realizes that, like, when you're talking to strangers, it's very, very difficult, frankly, to just have the first conversation that you're having with someone be about something political or you're making a demand of them. Even if the demand is as small as like, hey, this is a good cause. Can you sign this petition? It's a hard conversation to have. If you have even the smallest relationship with someone, that that discussion just becomes infinitely easier. So um, it's a, it's the you have to kind of start there. Yeah, it's uh, even the case with things like union organizing. Like you, you half of it is just getting people to just start talking to each other in their workplace to start being comfortable with uh, each other and uh, sharing information and uh, uh, developing relationships. Because um, it, and this sounds like really weird, but th this is something that I think leftists have to grapple with a little yeah. bit. Is that like, it sounds manipulative to say you're building relationships with people so that you can use them for politics, but that's just like, that's just like what 
politics and relationships are. Relationships are about asking other people for things and them doing those things for you. And reciprocating, obviously. Yeah, because you're going to, the implicit sort of uh, uh, thing inherent to that is that uh, we expect people to reciprocate that because uh, if it is like a real relationship, you're not just like drawing on them. You are also helping them and you're also giving back to them because, and Tyler talked about this earlier, like I think a part of what we want to do with Normal Quest as well is to get leftists to sort of reconnect with the, I guess, like, humanist sort of aspect of of uh socialism the the side that you know embraces like helping other people the side that embraces doing things for other people uh you know shoveling your neighbor's sidewalks yeah. and uh like t- like volunteering at food banks and things like that like yeah. uh uh you know we we uh, i i would say don't believe that mutual aid is like a the uh uh uh, a solution uh, to only. all of society's ails. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's it's actually, I think, a a, a way to uh, help people uh, uh, in the short term, and also to uh, genuinely build like uh, uh, a better sense of community within um, uh, your community, uh, which uh, is is lacking. And so, so yeah, that's. I mean, we've been rambling on for a bit here, but. Uh, <laughs> That's, uh, well, that's basically how normal. How about I run? I feel like I do some of these things. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just run down some activities that we, that me and my household do. And would these fall under the rubric of like normal quest sure. quests? Okay, uh, let's go. So like my partner's on a baking kick. She's stuck at home right now during COVID mm-hmm. to work. And, mm-hmm. she's, and she's baked. She's baking. She, yesterday, mm-hmm. the other day, she baked two loaves of bread. Uh, not we normal. do not need two Sorry. loaves of bread. No, just <laughs> uh, her and I do not are not going to eat two loaves of bread in a week. So I was like, "Hey, you should give it to that new uh, person down the hallway who just moved into the building." That oh, is yeah. wonderful. That's huge, that is, huge normal quest vibes there. Uh, yeah. That is like killing a raid boss. That is yeah. That is uh, that's going to use so much XP. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, I think that things like that can seem kind of like cheesy at times, but they're actually like really nice. The person is going to appreciate it. And it's the perfect way to like get to just introduce yourself to the person yeah. and then just sort of like slowly build a relationship from there. No one, um, no one, no one doesn't like receiving baking. Like no one, e- even if you're like someone who can't eat it, it's still like one of those classic, the thought that counts things. Joel from the Alberta Vantage will uh, every now and then like drop off some baked goodies uh, at some of our homes. And, and it's one of the, you know, most so nice. purely joyful things that can happen to you as a human. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's also a good way to start talking to people right now, because obviously we've put a lot of this on hold because of coronavirus times. But uh, uh, dropping off baked goods, I mean, that's a way to... Uh, you know, show someone yeah. that you're there and that uh, you're thinking of and, them. And importantly, you're not dropping it off with like a note on it, which is like, hey, um, here's like a, a link to a PDF copy of Capital Volume Volume 1 or something. It's just <laughs> you're just doing it because it's a good thing to do and you want to like build a relationship. Yeah. So good job, Duncan. First one, you, you're killing it. Okay. okay. Here's, uh, here's another one. Uh, so until obviously we don't do that, we haven't done this since the pandemic started, but uh, I think we usually do six or seven times a year, usually when it's cold out, is we invite people over to our building and we have a big, um, uh, like, not what's the word I'm looking for, potluck Pot brunch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we invite people from the building. We invite, we, I try to make a habit of inviting not just friends, making, having a, a new person or a new couple or a new family show up to each one. But we'll have like, you know, seven to 10 
groups of people show up to like we have a fairly large um, common room in our building mm-hmm. and host these events and so yeah we try to host these like semi-common semi-regular brunches potluck brunches yeah totally that, uh, that's great i think the key there is bringing in people that aren't maybe necessarily already your best friends and like mm-hmm. having them like mingle and like extending your your social circle a little bit i, I think that's awesome yeah Cool. I, I have a dog. I uh, frequently have to walk the dog, even though he's, mm-hmm. he's walking a little less these days. A couple Bruce times is, a week, I'm sure. Bruce is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's 12 years old. He's not as, he's not the spring chicken he was, but I do have to walk at least twice a day. And so I go through the neighborhood. And um, one thing that I like, uh, and I also have a daughter, and so she frequently comes with me on walks, and we go to the playground. Yep. And, and just like talking to parents at the playground. Oh, or, yeah. Or, the, or talking to people on dog walks. Those are the yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's I'm, like a, I'm, a, I'm a parent and a dog owner, so I'm, I'm with you. And uh, that's perfect. And and the thing is, too, I think sometimes when, when we talk about this, people get hung up on the, like, okay, oh, yeah, so how do you do the soft sell of like socialism and stuff? And, and I always, we always pull back and we're like, it's not. It's not about that. It is about that in the in the broader sense. But what it's more about is that people leaving like, hey, that's a really nice guy. Hey, you know, that seems like a nice family. Oh, hey, um, if we're going to, you know, be here, it, it, we should strike a, strike up a conversation with them again next time. It's just the, the building up that feeling of we're all part of uh, a community. Um, we're friendly, even if we're not, don't become friends, quote unquote, everyone's friendly, interacts pleasantly with one another. And that it doesn't actually just stop at some kind of test where you have to be like, oh, so who did you vote for? Or like, what's, you know, that's not the important thing. You know, in fact, it it might actually be more helpful in the long run if you're able to have these conversations with people who you might politically disagree with, but you're still able to come across as normal and sociable and kind because ultimately that helps break down that barrier that people have politically. And it's not about a like, oh, it's polarization is bad. It's it's more, I think, that the, the true kind of kernel of truth in that is that people aren't willing to interact across the divide. It's not that they that having different opposing political opinions is bad. That's fine. But it's the fact that we have a hard time as a society even interacting with people we disagree with and um, kind of trying to cross that barrier and make it permeable again so that uh, people have, they they don't think of you as these like, um, you know, sleeper cell Marxist agents, you know, uh, sitting away in our apartments, uh, shit posting online that we're actually uh, normal. And uh, to, to be a bit of a nerd, uh, there's a Stuart Hall uh, quote that Joel shared uh, uh, in our Alberta Advantage Discord um, earlier today, or maybe it was maybe it was yesterday, but it was talking about how um, uh, political correctness sometimes uh, can, like, well, that's what he sort of called it in the uh, era of the 90s, I guess, um, can sort of uh, uh, lead us down this uh, uh path of thinking that the way to solve problems is by just changing uh the way we like talk about them and the way that we act about them and uh sort of shutting out uh the people who sort of don't agree with like the socially accepted positions uh which is uh sort of just like ignoring the fact that those people do exist and that they do have to be sort of like approached and like dealt with in some way and like i think that like uh uh a lot of people can get into their heads that people are a bit more like fixed in their, their, the way that they believe and the way that they behave than they actually are. And I think that 
part of what we want to do with uh, uh, pushing for people to interact more with other people is it just like get people to remember that like um, like it, things are not as hostile as they are online uh, in real life generally that exactly. people don't generally have those extreme like uh, entrenched positions that they're un- unwilling to budge on and like especially if and, and we want to say that some like we, we say like don't start talking about politics like don't force it yeah. but we never want people to lie about their politics well, yeah. we never want people yeah, to yeah. pretend that they're not socialists like or, or else like what would the point of this even be yeah. like you need to you need to still have your beliefs and still have your values just like um, like if, if like a conversation comes up or someone's like, oh, you know, like there's like no like uh, uh, snow clearance in the neighborhood. Doesn't that suck? Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, I mean, the, the city should probably put more money into that. Yeah. Um, and just like say what you believe. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, exactly. And, like, you'll find that like you'll find people being like, yeah, no, that's that, that would be great. Like um, also importantly, doing it without kind of the, the political labels attached is, is usually helpful too. like I have found, um, you know, in conversations with people that I disagree with um politically it's much better to just frame things in terms of like okay here's the problem and here's the actual solution i i I would like to see and you don't have to say like look as a socialist i want this or like this is the socialist way of doing things or 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 vice versa right what you just say is like look here here's the problem like sean identified a lack of snow clearing you're like you know what i wish the city would uh, take this into account more. And I wish they would have uh, the, the guts to maybe do more progressive taxation on, on, you know, expensive properties so we could afford more snow clearing in our neighborhoods, you know, and that's a pretty straightforward solution. And I think, you know, you could talk to a lot of people that are, you know, on the right who would say like, yeah, you know what, it would, we do need more snow clearing and, and I, I could get behind that or whatever, you know, and you don't have to put labels on it. You can kind of slow sell some of these things. And you'll find a lot more agreement than I think people would anticipate. So I guess, I mean, one of the big, um, you know, things that is going to stop people from doing this is, I imagine, I mean, I'm an expert, I don't necessarily suffer from this, but like anxiety, a lot of Mm -hmm. people suffer from anxiety. We We live in a society that breeds anxiety and like you know bowling mm-hmm. alone was written god knows what 20 years ago or whatever right like yeah like we know i mean capitalized capitalism wants us to be atomized and to be individual yeah. and not part of a larger group working together and and i think people are very anxious about talking to people that they don't know what are some of the like entry-level things that are part of the like normal quest um you know package that the level or, one stuff yeah, yeah. What, what's the intro <laughs> the killing the killing boars the, uh, the, the one thing that I, I love to say on this which is like i think the bare minimum is we have to get away from just doing the gamestop smile at people when you walk by them and, and that's just kind of the flat um you're kind of signaling that you're smiling but not actually um, we need to get away from that and even the, it could be as simple as you walk by someone and uh say hi and keep walking that's like an easy first step yeah um you can also you can also sort of uh figure out where you have the best sort of uh comfort and just like take sort of small steps from there so let's say um because we've been talking uh, a lot about uh communities and like where you live um but the other sort of big uh valence here is your workplace um because a lot of people uh, in their workplaces, like maybe, you know, like two or three other people don't really talk to anyone mm-hmm. and just sort of like stick their own little bubble. Um, but starting to talk to more coworkers, like maybe there's a coworker that like um, you like talk to a few times, they seem nice. 
like maybe strike out a new conversation with them. Like uh, maybe uh, uh, make some sort of excuse to uh, uh, talk to them and then get to know them a little bit better. Yeah. Um, like sort of building on what you already have is, is sort of the good first steps if you're feeling anxious. Because here's the thing. I'm an extremely anxiety riddled person. I, I way overanalyze every social interaction. Um, it, like, especially like with things like with, with neighbors and stuff like that. Cause I'm always so concerned about like, I want to be a good neighbor. I don't want to be weird, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but like the best thing to do is, is just to like, just to like, remember, like, just be nice, just like be normal. And like other people are, the other people in the conversation also want the conversation to go yes. well. Okay. Yes. There, there's look, there's, you have to sort of internalize the fact that sometimes there are going to be complete whack jobs who are going to actively want to cause you pain <laughs> in the conversation um those people can't be accounted for they're very rare yeah. um but you can't live your and life in mostly fear of them, doing that online anyway you're getting yes. way more of that online anyway yes most people they just like want to want interactions with other people to also be really pleasant yeah. so just like i think a big part of it is just like taking small steps with what feel com feels comfortable to you um, but just doing it and like yeah. forcing yourself out your comfort zone a little bit by a little, because, um, all it is, is like just trying to, um, get yourself used to it. Like, yeah. uh, getting used to like cold water or something. You could just throw yourself right into the deep end if you wanted to, but that sucks Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and could kill you potentially. So, uh, so yeah, just, just, just a little bit at a time. Try to see like, uh, for example, like maybe even even something as much as like maybe you have some old friends you haven't talked to in a while maybe like reach out to them say like hey how's it going and let's try to like zoom. reconnect. let's get a zoom going or something you know yeah. or um, you like, know, even another easy way especially now in COVID, is um most communities um have some sort of you know for example my like little complex here we there's like a facebook group um now i don't have facebook so i don't do this directly door. but my partner does so we kind of use hers as like our avenue for that but as a way to just start um ingratiating yourself with the community now there's usually those communities as you know as anyone knows like next door uh, uh people yeah, self-select the, the weird <laughs> there are a lot yeah. of psychos there but but what i'm saying is there there will always be some things on there that are pleasant that are nice that you can interact with in a way that feels like totally fine you don't have to get on there and start getting into fights with people that's bad that causes anxiety it makes things worse don't do that but what is good is someone's like hey you know um my kid is you know for example we had we had an uh example of this recently where um, uh, a family wanted to take their family out to them to, um, and this was actually before COVID, but they want to take them out to um, Banff for a night or something. And we have a park pass and we lent it to them for the day. Maybe that's illegal and maybe I'll get arrested after, after this podcast. But, you know, <laughs> we found out about that on that group. It gave us a nice little interaction. We walked over there, handed it over. Um, and then automatically you've got this relationship. Um, and, and that feels really great to do. And, and, and I think too, to the point of like, I, I'm someone who is fortunately enough not struggling with like anxiety, but I do. One of my favorite writers, Mark Fisher, um, unfortunately dealt with it in, in a very uh, serious way and wrote a lot about it. And one of the things that he did talk about was how um, there, there's a certain amount of mental health and depression and anxiety that is socially determined based on the way our society is set up now, which which includes a lot of the isolation um, that has been, you know, 
positive and profitable uh, from a capitalist standpoint, but has been done really a lot of psychic damage to, to people in the society. And this is one kind of small way that you can kind of prefiguratively fight against that is to actually start um, putting some of this back out into the world um, and, and try and, and start building that up. And, and what it's going to take and the, and the reason that you have to kind of um, have some faith in this process is it can't just be you. It can't just be one of us. This is a project we really have to kind of take up broadly on the left and yeah. we can kind of start pushing things in the right direction. And it's going to be slow and take some time, but you can, that that's one small way that you can actually try and start working towards, you know, a society that you actually want to live in, which is one where people are friendly to each other and know each other. Uh, yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's a fantastic place to leave it. Um, so, uh, Tyler and Sean, if pe more people want to learn about normal quest, even though you said it's on hold right now, what, what yeah. is the best way for people who want to get into it once, uh, you know, this hellish pandemic is somewhat over, what's the, what's the best place for them to go? So there is a normal quest subreddit. Um, see if we can just i think it's just called normal quest. yeah i think it's just r slash normal quest if you're familiar yep. with reddit but if you just google r slash normal quest you'll find it yes it is just normal quest so so that's there it's kind of on on hold right now there's not really a lot of people there um but uh uh just uh keep your eye out um yeah. for alberta advantage channels and uh i'm sure you will uh be seeing some stuff soon i think uh alberta advantage uh Patreon donors actually got some normal quest stickers. Yes, I, I did get a I did get a normal stuff. quest sticker. Yes. Yes. Yeah, beautiful, so. beautiful little design there that Karen did for us. So yeah, join the Reddit for sure um, because once you're there, when, when things do kind of turn on, um, you'll start seeing notifications for things um, going on. The the other thing that I'll just give a quick plug to is um, Justice International, which is the group who kind of did. Um, who kind of set this all in motion. Uh, you can find them on all the different platforms and it's international with an E on the end of international. Um, and uh, you can find them on Instagram and Twitter and, and all those places, uh, find them. They've got um, a pretty active community and are doing some good stuff. And, and if you like what they're up to, you can get involved there as well. And they've got kind of a, a channel about normal quests on their um, kind of uh, messaging app they use as well. Well, Justin Trudeau uh, has assured us that everyone who wants a vaccina vaccination from COVID-19 will have one by September. So I assume we'll all be back at it in the fall, you know, God Saying hi to babies, shaking <laughs> the hands of all the dogs. Yes. Justin Trudeau, notorious for always following through on his promises. <laughs> Can't expect this one to be any different. Um, I, I would like to urge people, like, even though it hasn't started yet, um, like, just try, try to just start being a bit more conscious, like start start looking for ways that you can try to, uh, you know, uh, start living the normal quest life yes. in in your life. Uh, it's snowing a lot right now. Shovel people's uh, sidewalks yeah, for them. For like sure. that's a really easy, really nice one you can do. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, just uh, just start. I want people to just start like you know keeping an open mind about these things. To start being more conscious of these things. Start considering them more, and uh, uh, hopefully. Um, by the time Normal Quest actually kicks off, uh, we will have a lot of uh, uh, questers ready to uh, get out there and and uh, become normal. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what we are all seeking. We all yeah. deeply, deep down, just want to be normal. Thanks again uh, so much to Tyler and Sean from coming on. And folks, if you do not listen to the Alberta Advantage, uh, listen to that podcast, follow their social media channels. Uh, they are very good. We're big fans here at the Progress Report. And uh, and yeah, thanks again to Tyler and Sean. And, and, and not only should you be supporting the Alberta Advantage, but you should also be supporting our little independent media operation. Definitely. Uh, we are, we are nearing uh, about 400 or so. I have to get an accurate count of folks who support this monthly po- support this podcast and news website on a monthly basis. And those kind of monthly donations are super key to us continuing for us and Jim to continue doing the work that we do. So if you like the podcast, if you like the website, we just had a uh, a big exclusive story we just broke this morning on shady business between Tyler Shandro and the UCP operatives. The evil um, Tyler. Yeah, the bad Tyler. <laughs> uh, you know, go to theprogressreport.ca slash patrons. You know, put in your credit card. I got to give a shout out here, Duncan, because and I, I did this on the the Discord, and I, and I and I tagged you. I should have tagged Jim, but one of the one of the things, one of the reasons I love supporting uh, you guys is the um, the uh, newsletters that come out. It's like the best distillation of everything you need to know from like a, a news perspective. But you know. Um, seen through a lens that I think is more palatable to people who would be listening to this uh, podcast. Um, it, it's honestly probably the best way to like keep up with what's going on uh, with Alberta politics. So shout out, Jim. Good newsletter. Uh, it's worth, that's worth the price of entry alone. Yeah. Shout out to Jim. He's, he does it. He's fantastic at it. I'm, we're, we're blessed to have him. Um, also, if you uh, think that we said anything wrong or stupid, I am very easy to get a hold of. You can reach me on Twitter at Duncan Kinney. Uh, you can reach me by email at Duncan K at progressalberta.ca. I also accept compliments, not just hate mail, but uh, but feel free <laughs> to get a hold of me. Uh, thanks so much to Cosmic Famu Communist for the amazing theme. Thank you for listening and goodbye. See ya. Bye.